Susie is crazy about Living Daylight's the new James Bond film. And man, she's gonna want the free stickers inside every pack of Trio. Big happy endings. There are four James Bond stickers in every special pack of... episode of Quantum of Misses, a James Bond podcast. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And the first question, as always, is Fiona, did you enjoy the first part of mm-hmm. The Living Daylights? Do I have to do that? Yes, you know the rules. Yes, I did enjoy it. Enjoy what? The film. What film? The film we've just watched. Which is called... Ooh, the living daylight. (laughs) I love that bit. So, uh, where do we start? Another new Bond. You're fairly racing through them. Timothy Dalton. There's nothing to dislike about him. Mm -hmm. But I'm reserving judgment. Oh, why is that? I don't know. You're just not quite sure yet? I'm just not quite sure yet. Oh. Do you not find him to be definitely a spy? In that he spent probably half the time that we've been in this, watching this film, being somebody else, i.e. not James... Well, he's called James Bond, but he's kidding on to her that he's a friend of Yorgi's. Yeah, I mean, that is quite good that he's pretending to be something he's not most Mm -hmm. of the time. Like what a spy might do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm... At the moment, my head's like, there's the nude style and there's the old style. He mm-hmm. is neither in this camp. I cannot, ah, cannot categorise him. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay, so, will we start? Did you even notice that there was a gun battle at the beginning? Yeah. Okay, what did you think of it? They all look the same to me. Oh, by the end of this, you're going to go back <laughs> and watch them all and we're going to have a whole podcast just about the gun battles. We say or not. That's how much you're going to realise the difference between them all. But even if they are different, who cares? Well, you've once you've watched all the films, you might start to care. Okay, my only comment on this gun battle is there's an awful lot of shadow, so you can see he's in a studio, and you can see where the wall starts to go up, <laughs> because you can see where the shadow goes. That's what I noticed with the gun battle. Uh, so the pre-title sequence. Well, uh, the started off with... The uh, info dump on the plane about what the hell's going on. Well, that's not too bad, is it? It was a bit unnecessary. There's so no what... way he would be on the in, on the plane with his desk. And his <laughs> with his desk. Yeah, I think they kind of... I got the idea of that, but I think they kind of gave it away too fast. In that, if, it, if he'd been sitting at his desk the whole time, giving them their briefing, mm-hmm. and you just kind of saw their shoulders or whatever... And then they opened up the back, back of the plane. Oh, he's in a plane. Mm. He got up and somebody else clipped him on mm. like they do on planes. So you go, oh, he's in a plane. And you think, what's he got, what's he got his office on a plane for? 
What's that about? How, okay, how important is all his work that he has to be doing it at all times? And not just a suitcase would do with his papers in it. Yeah. And he'd put them out all over his desk. I know. Ridiculous. Did you notice, you maybe didn't, not given where you are, um, this is something that I'm sure I read a, a long time ago, but I don't hear mentioned very much anymore, but the three double O agents who parachute down, the first one, I think, is meant to look like Roger Moore. Oh, now, that's too subtle for me to notice. And the second one, I think, is meant to look like George Lazenby. So they kind of dispatch them, Mm. and then it's like, this guy, he's Bond. Right. Maybe, but, I mean, all of those actors are meant to be playing the same part, so that makes no sense. Are they? Yeah, because they're all 007. 007 is just a code number. They're all, all James Bond. If 007 is a code number, couldn't James Bond be a code name? No. They you... refer to 008 and other names. Yeah, but 008 could be this 008 and that 008. I'm saying no. How could it be? How could them be the same? Pretty much the same age, 25 years on. Because it's just the same story over and over again. <laughs> well, you probably only spans about five years. So do you not think that James Bond, that Timothy Dalton's James Bond, had done all the things that Roger Moore's James Bond did? Yes, but only last year. Only last year? I'm just saying, it could be quite squished up. It'd have to be. <laughs> Man alive. No, I don't but, like Daniel Craig looks so old. <laughs> well, how do you explain then that he drove about in, like, a car from the 60s in Goldfinger that went really fast and also drove about in a car from the 80s in this one and Daniel Craig drives about in a car from now if they're all, if it's all happening in, in one year or in a few years? Because when they tell the story, they use present day. Just like you do with Shakespeare sometimes. Oh, I see. Oh, that's, that's, see, there's actually something quite interesting about that that we may come back to later on. Oh, so, it, so it's, the, it's the basic stories of what he did, but embroidered with the um, accoutrements and fashions and technologies of the time in which the story is being told. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fiona, this is a new, this is a, this is, this is a great theory. I love it. I love it. Oh, we'll have to test it out though. Mm, I'm sure, I, I'm sure it won't stand up to <laughs> all my comments. So what did you think of the Gibraltar exercise? Basically, it was supposed to be an exercise whereby the SAS and the Secret Service were trying out who was best to infiltrate Gibraltar. But it turned out that somebody else infiltrated it. And they, and they weren't using Paintball. Paintballs. They were killing actually folk. killing folk. Um, I don't know what to what end. Well, we'll find that out when the, as it goes on because that's Do the we? first. That's the first Schmerz Spearman. Oh, that's gets true. Sent down the rope. Oh yeah, just, just death to spies. So they death just want to spies. kill the spies. Yeah. Oh, it's to start off all the stories that Puskins. Yes, that we get. Yes. Right. right. Okay. I see. So I haven't but it's it. quite nicely self-contained in and of itself as well. Hmm. And I think I did like that element of Bond figuring out what was going on mm-hmm. and jumping into the van. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the explosives that were on fire didn't explode until the moment they left the van. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or the moment that James Bond left the, the van. Then it would all blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked um, it when James Bond nutted the guy in the uh, in the Land Rover. Why? Because he, he nutted him. <laughs> I like James Bond being a blunt instrument. Literally a blunt being instrument. Being a lad. No, no, just being kind of, it's like, it doesn't, I don't have to be kind of super cool and 
fucking suave and sophisticated all the time. If it needs, to, if you need to be nutted, you will be nutted by me. If it's for the mission. Mm-hmm. And then, did you notice that Timothy Dalton doing a lot of his own stunts on top of that uh, Land Rover? They all look like they're doing their own stunts. Oh, oh hey, you're, you're, you're the ideal cinema goer. Because <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Because he can't tell the back projection and doing his own stunts. Mm-hmm. And then he parachutes down onto the um yacht. Oh, well, yes. So she's saying, I need a real man. Yeah. And then... A real man jumps in and he says, uh, pick me up in an hour or whatever. I'll report in an hour. I'll make that too. Well, she says, would you join me? I mean, at least with this scene, everything is completely con- uh, consensual. <laughs> I'll oh, give it that. Okay. <laughs> but it is a bit unnecessary. Well, why not? He's just had a bit of action. Now he needs to relax. Well, a bit of action. Well, I, I, I don't think very much of the woman. Why? So it's just been tennis pros, playboys and tennis pros. Yeah, so... She needs a real man. A Welsh man. So it's a man randomly drops down into her boat and she goes, come shag me. Not that even... Seems to be the long and the short of it, yeah. That's why I don't have much respect for her. At least oh. get to know him a bit. He might be a bastard. What do you need to know about... She's not going to... She's only got him for an hour or so. <laughs> what That's do you need to I know? One of them, his name's Bond, James Bond. I love the way he just kind of throws that away as well. Because, you know, there's a lot of um, pressure. It's like somebody playing Hamlet. When they get to to be or not to be, how are they going to do it? What then he just kind of throws it away. Bond, James Bond. I didn't notice that. See, that's that's how much he just threw it away. Mm. Oh, there we go. I lo- I, it's one of my, my favourite pre-title sequences. Why? Because it's brilliant. Okay. Because he's, he's amazing. I'm just going to gush over Timothy Dalton in this whole film. Oh, I think it's brilliant. Do you have a man crush? On Timothy Dalton? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm not, uh, probably, yeah. Um, I think I definitely had a young boy crush on... You wanted to be him. Yeah, because hero worship of James Bond. So, yeah. Okay, uh, so then we'll go into the uh, titles mm-hmm. with a title song by AHA. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it again. You will be. <laughs> I will make you now. The, earlier on, there was one thing that was quite encouraging, mm-hmm. which was in the um, silhouettes of him shooting. Mm-hmm. There was a her shooting. Or was she shooting as well? She was shooting as well, and um, I thought, well, hey, there's going to be some kind of proper woman mm-hmm. um, role. Right. I thought that was maybe a woman. Maybe foreshadowing the fact that she was shooting as the sniper. Although we well, it was just a. Too. Pistol thing. thing, so. Alright, okay. Um, so I thought, yay, go girl. Then I have other comments to make about the women. The naked ones that weren't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the women you get these days. They had squidgy bits. Yeah. And no boob jobs. Mm-hmm. And you honestly wouldn't see that in this kind of thing now. Do you not think? No. They tend not to do, or they do women, they tend not to be quite, quite so, so revealing. Revealing, yeah. But no, I just thought it was noticeable. And I've noticed that on, like, say, Top of the Pops. Yeah. When there's fans, people, or whatever it is. Uh-huh. They're quite... Oh, they're ordinary folk. They're ordinary women. Yes. Yeah. But on TV these days, you don't see scantily clad, small-breasted women that much. 
Ah, what about dancers? Like, what legs and cones? Presumably, like, these models who are in the James Bond titles. Uh, what do you get of that to- sort these days? I don't know, maybe just models like catwalk models and... Yeah, well, they either look ridiculously thin... Yeah. ...or enhanced. Uh, but these women didn't look ridiculously thin to No, you. but they just... They were more hip than they were top. Okay. Mm. Very so good. that's just something I noticed that you don't get. I like the sort of strange marble effect that they kind of somehow put... I didn't. Oh, didn't you? No. Why didn't you like it? That's the reason that I kind of worried about it. I, I would prefer if it was all over the body uh-huh. rather than just the bra and pants areas. Yeah. Um, because it just, well, it looked a bit fig leafy. Yes. Um, but well, well, this fig leaf looked a bit fig leafy. Yeah. But, um, and it was also, it was just, it was not in, it was it, certainly the, the pants area just looked like they were trying to do um, pubic hair. You know, it just looked too much like... Oh, like like pubic hair? Yeah, or something. Oh. I just I just found it uncomfortable. It's like, cover up properly, or, you know, don't. But <laughs> Or naked. <laughs> Let's see Terry Waits allotment. No, no costume or anything. Properly <laughs> naked. <laughs> um, okay. The, only, the, the slight problem I had with it was it kind of looked like it was kind of decaying. As if their breasts uh, and, and gentle oh, area and was I'm, decaying. Now I'm more upset. <laughs> yeah. It's more like a mould. <laughs> but, but I think it was really supposed to look marble effect because it was the 80s. Mm. as so many other things in the title sequence. This, this, the shape of the sunglasses. <laughs> the particular shape <laughs> of sunglasses that is very 80s. Um, was, yes, but so I loved it. I loved its 80s-ness. This is, mm. this is, the 80s were worn on its sleeve, I think, in a lot of parts of this, uh, of this film. Yeah. What did you think of the song, though? Do you know the song? Just as being... Oh, the living daylight. Yeah, but not fondly. Oh, see, I, th- I think it sounds really good. The lyrics make no sense whatsoever. But it, but presumably that might be because they're a foreign band to write it in English. Yeah. Um, but I think it sounds amazing. Well, yeah. Nah. Okay. All right, so then we're into the story. And we're right into the story. Because mm-hmm. so, you have to kind of pick up on the idea that, that this guy's defecting and mm, um, Bond has been sent there to... Uh, Bond's been sent there to um, protect Well, them. you didn't realise until um, the Vienna guy and um, Bond were up in the room what Bond's role was in it. You, you, you knew the tension between them, mm-hmm. but... You didn't realise that he had asked for Bond specifically. Uh-huh. Which we now know was to get Bond involved so that Bond would then kill Pushkin. Mm-hmm. But um, there was obviously Bond not liking the Vienna guy, V, Section V guy, what was his name? Saunders. Saunders, um, telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. And he'd been planning this for years and yeah. all of this. Oh, well, you would feel a bit like that. I mean, you, you manage projects. I'm not suggesting you manage directions from uh, the Eastern Bloc. Although she might, she does a lot of travelling. I don't really know where she goes. Um, <laughs> you know, can if this is your baby and suddenly, like the top guy in the oh, James Bond's coming. Well, it's going to be James Bond's operation now, isn't it? Um, I I can get on sometimes a bit pissed off. He just wants to do things by the book, section twenty six, paragraph five. Mm-hmm. Need to know basis. But this is obviously not Bond's way. No, no. Although Bond had. Worked out a whole other way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So yes, so 
As far as Bond is concerned at this point, General Koskov, a high-ranking KGB officer, has made clear that he wants to defect to the West. Uh, and this is where the defection is going to take place. And Bond's initial role is to uh, take out the KGB sniper, who may very well be trying to stop the defection. Mm-hmm. And the defection is from a concert hall. And when Bond is in the concert hall, does he not notice, oh, she's a very nice lady who's playing the cello. Coincidentally, useful of all the people he noticed in the room of thousands of people. Not thousands. Hundreds Maybe a hundred. Um that he notices the one that might be useful later on. Yes, and it turns out that she is the one who pitches up in the window to be the sniper, mm-hmm. but Bond does not kill her. Mm-hmm. He just shoots at the rifle out of her hand, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but the defection takes place, um, although they then change the um, plan, mm-hmm. mainly because Saunders took forever to get down the blooming stairs, which he knew was going to happen, because he was always going to come in the door. Um I think he was generally just showing his ineptitude, which is ah. why Bond felt he should take over. And he put him in the boot where it was the first place to look. So, yeah. leave it to me, you amateur. Yeah, yes. Need to, on a need-to-know basis mm-hmm. as well. Um, and also, before we move on from that, we also had Bond's fabulous foldy-over dinner jacket that became the camouflage outfit. Oh, now I might have missed this. Well, basically, the lapel of the dinner jacket unfolded and could be put up so it was now totally black. Uh, yeah, no, I did notice that. Yeah, perfect for the the discerning spy and the uh, discerning sniper. And the massive sniper rifle that he had. Well, it was Mahusif. I know. Um, she was, her rifle wasn't so big. Uh, it wasn't. Just a rifle. Do uh, you think he was overcompensating for something? I don't know, I'm not sure. Didn't, wasn't there something about... I've just made he a, didn't get the gun. I've he just made a suggestion... Gun. The Bond has a small cock, and no. you're not even defending him. No, Bond does not have a small cock. <laughs> Certainly not Timothy Dalton's Bond. The best Bond. Oh, what a giveaway. <laughs> he has a perfectly... He has a he has a cock that will satisfy any satisfaction that needs to be done. But, you know, it wouldn't be too big, it wouldn't be too small, it would be just perfect. <laughs> have you thought a lot about James no. Bond's cock? No, I have not. No. Other than when it's clearly about to be used in the James Bond film. Which happened a couple of times in this film, mm. didn't it? Anyway. Anyway, so where do they take him? They take him to uh, the Trans-Siberian Pipeline. Oh, I love this bit. Which I think actually was a real thing. Was it? This natural gas pipeline. Mm. Neat, you're right. And this... Oh, I thought it was oil. Anyway. Oh, no, it was natural gas, they said. Mm. Um, no, no, obviously it wouldn't work if it was full of oil. Well, I meant it? in real life, it's all. Well, you see, well, see we're, we're now in your world here <laughs> because you are a spy. <laughs> <laughs> you would love it if I was a spy. Do you think, do you think you're an engineer? Do you think, uh, <laughs> is engineering a good cover for being a spy? Do you think? Could you go places, new developments, new government works, and carry out missions? You're being very... Oh, you're you're looking at me as if to go, don't say any more! <laughs> don't give the game away! No, but I'm just thinking no more or less than anyone else could. Well... You mean I'd have a cover? A yeah, reason to be yeah, there? that's why she's here. Ignore her. Okay, fine. Wait a minute. Anyway, they put him in this, what they call a <laughs> pig, which is a thing that cleans the pipe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially adapted to take now, a man. When he was being shot. To, shot for <laughs> a pipe! Shot a pipe! You were shot a pipe once! In a dream. In a dream. Long story, guys. Not getting there. Anyway, when he was shot. that a story. You just woke up one day and said, I've had a really stressful dream. And then you went, I was shot out of pipe. Because <laughs> sometimes you're an early morning cockney. We know it's being shot out of pipe. Uh-huh. Um, it created a noise that alarmed everybody that was near it. Mm-hmm. Which implied they'd never actually shot this thing through a pipe before. Well, or Was it just the fact it had a, a guy in it made it heavier and noisier or something? No, I think it was more... This was a maintenance vehicle. So they probably, in the general scheme of things only used it in the middle of the night, so people... It was the middle of the night. No, it was dark, but it wasn't like two o'clock in the morning or anything. It was the end of the concert. Mm. Um, so I think I think maybe the idea is people were used to the pipe, but not used to hearing a noise in the pipe. Mm. Or maybe... Mm. Mm. Or maybe normally it doesn't go quite so fast, but they needed to shoot it through to get him yeah. to the other side. It was also at one point a 90 degree turn, which I can't believe would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> With your massive engineering brain. Well, not at the speed. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, even my rubbish I mean, engineering brain. the length of a brain. man. It can't turn yeah. 90 degrees yeah. like that. The speed it was going and the tons, like, you can't get around the corner. Um, yeah, so they had that and, and the distraction there. Did you like the distraction? Oh, oh, I can breathe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, the. Um, yeah. I, I kind of. I kind of thought she was using her sexuality to... She has a name. Should have just written down, and I've lost it now. Rosica is her name. Rosica, um, yes, used her staunch sexuality... Staunch. <laughs> ...to um, distract him for a purpose. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. good on her. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't upset by and that. And she didn't go too far. She just made the man as he... <laughs> Press his face into her breasts. Yes. Um, so, yes, I wasn't upset by that. And when he got out the other side, there was Q waiting for him to hustle him into the Harrier jump jet. Why are you excited about that? Because this was You're the first time... The first, it was the first time that a Harrier jump jet had been seen on a, in a film. Great bit of British engineering. Still used all around the world, the Harrier jump jet. It's good. British engineering. But, you know, it's a plane on a film. Whatevs. Um, and off he went. What did you think of Koskov at this point? I was totally thinking he was defecting. He was properly defecting. Yeah. Right, okay. Did you ever have any suspicions, even no. up to the point when he was taken back? No. That he might have something Well, when he, when he said, Pushkin's going to kill all these spies, and James Bond said, that sounds a bit unlikely, whatever mm-hmm. he says. Mm-hmm. I thought, ooh, maybe there's something else going on here. Right. That was the point where I thought... But it could still have been Koskov that was being led astray. Yes. Yes, I, I, yes, I thought he was being played rather than yeah, doing the playing. Yeah, he was doing the yeah. playing. All right, okay. So um, they're through the, the pipe, um, and then back they go to uh, London, that London, where we meet some of our old MI6 chums while Bond's looking for... Who was this woman who was trying to... Yes, so we met Money Penny. The, yes, Money Penny. Who was a sexy Money Penny. Uh, she? That I think very little of. Because? She was fawning over him. And 
I'm just I'm just very upset about the money pennies. They they part of the gauge of what makes a good film is if it's a good money penny. That was not. But you like money penny at the moment, Naomi Harris. The current money penny. Yes. And I think you liked the Pierce Brosnan money penny. Leave you to decide how much pumping is necessary, James. Can't remember her. Can't remember her. Well, we'll see her presumably when we see another film. No. Okay, but you don't like the original Money Penny. You don't like this Money Penny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. What about the point of which? What about her buying Manolo records? And then he slapped her ass. Well, we'll come on to the slapping of the ass. What are the Barry Manilow records? Is that meant to be sexy? I don't know. You don't. You're not aware of Barry Manilow. Well, it is kind of music you make love to. Is it? Is that not what we're meant well, to suggest? Well, it's supposed to be kind of cheesy. It was kind of thing that sort of spinsters liked. Oh, you think she was trying to be what she wasn't or something? I don't know. I wonder if it was meant... Cause I never remember that time when Barry Manilow was thought of as being in any way cool or hip. Right. So I kind of wondered if it was supposed to be ironic that she didn't really mean to listen uh, to my, listen to my Barry Manilow collection, the yeah. covers, which basically means come to my flat and shag me, please, mm. James. Um, but then he slapped her on the arse, and mm. she liked it. No, I wasn't happy with that. Not happy with that? No. Okay. Not unless he was going to actually shack her. Which he isn't. No, so it's inappropriate to do that. It's just leading her on. Or slash treating her like an object. But if he was going to shag her, it'd be alright. Yeah, it's foreplay. <laughs> oh, alright, okay. Don't start slapping my ass all the time. <laughs> How far in advance of the sex does the foreplay have to be? It can't be quite far advanced for the oh, sex. Cool. Weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Don't start start slapping my ass, Christopher. What about. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, uh, probably not worth uh, going any further on that one. Um, yes, and then uh, he had to go to the safe house. But first. But first... He had a um, little errand to run to Harrods. Harrods. Product placement! Yeah, yes, indeed. Interestingly, I think the product placement at this stage, because the other thing I noticed product placement-wise was that Cartier had a stand in, in the yes. hotel in, in, in Vienna. And the Aston Martin. And the Aston and Martin. And uh, J&B Whiskey, although I'm not sure if that was just... That was on, it was on a parasol in Gibraltar, although I'm not sure if it just happened to be the parasol uh, that was so. there. That, that whole parasol says that was very 80s. Yeah. I went to Gibraltar in 1988 and it was exactly like that. Did you go there because of the James Bond film? No. Had it been out? Yeah. This was, the film was 87. So you, did you enjoy that element of your holiday? I wasn't really into James Bond at that point. <gasps> what a waste. What was interesting was it rained in Gibraltar when we were in Gibraltar, unlike the rest of Spain where it was massively sunny and warm. Um, I bet you loved that. But yeah, it was alright. And... Um, Everything was really expensive. I believe it still is in Gibraltar. Um, but what was I saying there? Yeah, the product placement. It's, it's, it's sort of slightly higher class than we get now. It's almost as if, you know, these can top end brands are like, can we get sales without James Bond having to, can without having to pay James Bond to advertise? Apart from Amiga watches and all the people. Well, even Amiga watches are not, can, Amiga makes some watches that are not massively expensive. So you're just saying that the, 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 the it's less high-end now? Yeah, it's, it's still high-end, but it's not like the very top. Mm. Because those brands don't need James Bond, but yet a couple of steps rungs down the ladder, 
you know, there's something for the brands to be connected to James Bond. Whereas, mm, well, maybe. I think, I think so. Though uh, so I wonder whether the whole Harrods thing was not so much Harrods wanting the product placement as the British Tourist Board. <laughs> we're wanting the... Well, just like we're saying thing. all the exotic places that they film. Yeah. It's more an, a tourism advert. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've got... Um, We've got Dubrovnik and not Dubrovnik. Where was she from? Bratislava. Bratislava. I don't think it was really Bratislava. Aye, right. but then still, Vienna was blatantly Vienna, touristy, yeah, yeah. and Tanzania. Tangier. Tangier and <laughs> the world of James Bond, according to Fiona. <laughs> and um, Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. So I just think. Maybe just mentioning Harrods and then going to a big stately home in England was part mm-hmm. of the... Maybe not the tourism, but just setting the tone of the country. Oh, it's all this, pretty, is, this is Britain. Yes, mm-hmm. this is and this is very much proper Britain. And then this is Vienna with swirling, waltzing people. And, you know, it's, it's stereotypical, basically. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. So at the safe house, who turns up at the safe house but a new milkman? Now, I've written in, in, my, in my different time section. Milk bottles. Milk bottles. We have a milk bottle. I do remember, although oddly, milk bottles do still exist. And in fact, I saw milk bottles being delivered on our street last week. No. Yep. By what kind of vehicle? By, not a milk float, but it was a van and it was called, I'm going to say it was called Milk Online or something. But basically, it seemed to be an online service. Well, that would make sense. And especially with this um, trying to reduce the number of plastic bottles we have. It might come back in to yeah. have reusable glass bottles again. Yeah, but I don't think we drink so much. Because I remember... Can, oh, we don't drink much milk. I know, so but like, can my it. parents used to get a pint of milk delivered every day. Mm. And two on Saturday. Can, can we get through, what, two pints of milk in a week? I know, but... My dad did drink a lot of milk, though. Yeah. Um, but also, I think milk keeps longer. Whereas you wouldn't be able to buy a big... Milk oh, right. to last yeah, you yeah, a week yeah, yeah. Yeah. because you'd have to after a couple fridge. of days you'd have to throw it out. So that's mm-hmm. probably why they had to get it every day. Okay. Um, and do you remember when milkmen used to also deliver orange juice as oh. well? Because he had some of that in his thing. Anyway, we, we're missing the point here as we nostalgically the uh, head, head through the the, the eighties. Uh, yes, the henchman milkman. His name is Necross, by the way, just so you're aware. Okay. Um, and uh, he comes in while Koskov is being debriefed. And this is when Koskov tells them about that Pushkin has reactivated Shmir Spirnon, which is Death to Spies. Mm-hmm. He's got a list of Western agents who they're going to kill off. And Koskov says, this is why he defected, because he can see this escalating and escalating. The no nuclear one, war! But no one asked him how Pushkin had got the list of... Western agents. Oh, it's just a KGB list, isn't it? Well, you think that both sides have a full list oh, of yeah. each other's agents? Not a full list, but a list. Enough to kill a few. Yeah, yeah. We can kill a few. We can okay. get a few. Um, so off go M and the, and the Minister of Defence and Bond to London to presumably tell the Prime Minister about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point the Necros launches his attack on... Which was pretty cool. The safe house, yes, with his exploding milk bottles. And his um, very 80s Walkman weapon. Oh, yes, his headphone strangulation. Mm-hmm. Headphone garrots, yes. 
um, listening to his Pretenders song uh, as he goes about it. The butler guy, who can start as being a very, you know, straight up and down butler, but ended up being a top fighting guy. The one with grey hair? Yes. And I, I thought hair. that was great, having an older person being a kick-ass man. Yeah, yes. yeah. And pretty brutal as well, getting her face slammed mm. down oh, on the grill. Oh, yes. And uh, getting smacked in the face with the big frying pan. Mm. Oh, dearie me. Um, and so they then kidnap, in inverted commas, Koskoff. And at this point, we think they have kidnapped him mm. and taken him away. And, oh, my God, what's happened? I love it. You know the man that was with him that was basically saying, you help us or else. The stenographer. Yes. Yeah. Well, he seems to stare at the helicopter for a long time before running behind him to alert the fact that they'd just taken him. Well, a lot more folk than him saw what had happened. Yeah, but they didn't know that he was being taken by the other side. No, they thought they, they thought the Russians were taken. No, no, what I'm saying is police, uh, ambulance helicopter comes down. Yeah. They come out with unconscious Stretcher. guy. Uh-huh. Everyone else in the audience thinks that's a UK helicopter. Yeah. To help him. So they put him on the helicopter. Uh-huh. And the stenographer doesn't turn around immediately to alert the people. This hey, is all a cause. Yeah. There isn't a gas leak. He, he watches the helicopter rise first. Ah. Yeah. See what you mean. See what you mean. That's what I was trying to say. Well, that poor stenographer, he didn't ask to be in any of that. He's probably just a civil servant. Like you. Well, like other people who are civil servants. Yes. <laughs> Secret. James Bond's a civil servant, hey, really. not only have you... <laughs> Disclosed that I'm an engineer. You've also disclosed that I'm a spy, so my career's ruined. (laughs) Well, now you've disclosed that I'm a spy as well. (laughs) Don't claim to be sexier than you are. (laughs) How could I be sexier than I am? Oh, if only you could see what he looks like right now. (laughs) Virtually naked. (laughs) I'm I'm like the boy coming out of the swimming pool. I thought you might probably enjoyed that bit towards the end of the thing we saw this morning. You look exactly like him. Thought so. That's what I thought. I thought, oh, well, it's like me coming out of the pool there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apart from he had no body hair. Yeah, well, well, well yeah, but body hair is what it's all about these days, isn't it? It's what it is in my world. <laughs> it's not in my world. Um, so then we get, Bond gets his next mission, which is to kill Pushkin. Because Pushkin, M tells him, you've got to go and kill Pushkin and Tanji are where he's going to be for this arms bizarre arms well, I didn't conference. kind of appreciate that he'd actually told him to push yeah. to kill Pushkin you go kill Pushkin and that's when Bond says look sir this doesn't sound like Pushkin mm. I want to check out this girl who was the, supposedly the sniper because the other thing of course is she left and didn't speak to the KG or to, to any mm. of the agents who were then milling around which I think Bond, Bond saw that mm. I think that also gave him a tip of like wait a minute something's not right here yeah. Um, so M kind of tells him, no, just go and do what I told you. But then Bond does what he wants anyway. Because Money Penny will get him all the papers without going through the official channels. Yes. The slut. <laughs> <laughs> but he's always right. But it's, it's like, it's like, if it can, he's a no-nonsense secret agent who doesn't always play by the rules, but who always turns out to be right. Um, so he goes to Q Branch and gets issued with his gadgets, which were the car. Um, the key ring, um, key gas finder thing. thing that also gasses people and explodes. Mm-hmm. Although we didn't really see that happening. Um, 
we've got a look at the ghetto blaster. Ho 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 ho. You laughed at the ghetto blaster. blaster. Yeah. Uh, and the sofa that eats people. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah. I quite like that. Uh, and off he goes back to Bratislava to find the girl. Which he does. He follows her home. And while he's on the tram with her, two clearly KGB agent, agents come on, take her off. And she gets taken into a car in which is General Pushkin. Who we at this point are still thinking might be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then comes back out of the... Do we ever know what he wanted with her? Just... They asked me lots of questions about Yorgi. She didn't say very much. And Bond said they let you go so they could follow you and Mm. find out where you go. Uh, Because he's already opened the... Because she left the the cello Mm. on the tram, but the cello is actually the... You can't do inverted commas on That's why I say cello. Okay. Not cello. Cello. Okay. um, And that's where the rifle is, and he discovers that the rifle was blanks. Uh Uh-huh. He then... Now, do you think he ransacked her apartment or did, she, or did the KGB No, I think the KGB did it. I think both of them did. Okay. Um, and he then kids on that he's a friend of Yorgi. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't quite say that he's British, but he also doesn't quite say that he's not. He, talks to, he, he speaks about the British. Yeah, but he also says we have him, and she knows that he was going to the British. Mm-hmm. So, I think... The, yeah, I mean, he he's pretty much saying he's British. And he's going to take her to him, but he's going to be moved around, she he yes. says. He already moved around. So out they go. They do a nice little double cross with the cello case in the... With the coat and the hat. hat in the telephone booth. Is there enough time for that to have happened in the I time it so. took the two trams to pass by? I think it was cutting it a bit fine. No, I think it was good. Um, uh, but then she makes him go and get her actual cello from the conservatoire. Mm-hmm. And off the spin... Um, but then they discover by tuning his modern jazz radio. Is that really what Bond would listen to, modern jazz? No, he's just tuning it anyway. Yeah, uh, they listen to the police band, and she then has to translate for him, you see, so she knows he's not... But he obviously, he, surely he's a spy, he can speak all these languages. There is a bit where he kind of suggests that he's understood something that she hasn't, about yeah. roadblocks. But I think she's trans- she's explained to him, assuming he can't speak the language, uh-huh. but he actually can Okay, um, so he tells her that he's fitted some optional extras. See, I think he's quite um, witty. I've had some optional extras fitted, and when he uses the laser to cut off the mm-hmm. top of the car, <laughs> she looks at him and he goes, salt corrosion. <laughs> I think that's quite good. Uh, he blows up a big truck. That's always fun. They go onto the ice. He cuts a hole in the ice. Um, Before they go on the ice, mm-hmm. he gives her a map. And says, see where this road see where goes. This leads. So all carbo bombs, uh, wheels with spikes, and little ski things, and no, no bloody sat nav. <laughs> Which he had in 1963 in Goldfinger, <laughs> Yeah, I remember the sat nav. Um, uh, that, that's, I think there should be a lesson yeah, although, back to Q on that. Although that was like a tiny little track in the woods, and it wasn't like a main road or anything. Yeah, but they still didn't have a sat nav. No, that's true. Did you notice that the guy who whose shack they eventually drove into the ice looked very much like one of the scousers from Harry Enfield? No. All right, all right, all right, calm down, calm down. Um, so they then have to abandon the car because they, it's crashed into a snowbank. Yeah. But he sets it to self-destruct, 
And they then escape more across the Austrian border in... The Chillicase! I prefer that to all the gadgets. The Chillicase. Just the fact that they were both sitting in it, in a, it's like human size. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty That was pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Um, I liked it when she just held up the British passport as they went through. Yes. And there was no fuss. And he showed we have nothing to declare. That's the power of the blue passport, you see. Taking back control. It was black in that film. Yeah, it was always black. That's that's the that's the myth about the blue passport, is that the blue passport was always bloody black. Anyway, we'll we'll not go there. No politics on the on the podcast. Um uh, so before we do that though, can I have a quick word about Bond's um uh leather jacket and jumper combo that he wore in Bratislava and all the way to Vienna. He looked so Smart casual. I love it. I love it. And also, and also... He looked like the milk tray man. Bond's check suit in the uh, safe house and beige shirt. Might have to look into some beige shirts. Because <laughs> I haven't got enough beige in my wardrobe. Your, your attention to fashion detail is quite astounding with your man crush. <laughs> in the film set in the 80s. I also quite like the, um, the suit that... Uh, uh, Jerome Krabbe wore as um, Koskov. It was a sort of very light check suit as well. Like that and all. Because you just love everything. I just love the 80s. Where can we bring back the 80s? Would you uh, wear a suit more often if there were suit like, suits like no, that? No, probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we're across, we're into, oh, then we go to Tangier very quickly and suddenly the plot hots up. And, it, up. and we meet Brad Whitaker, the arms dealer. Oh, I don't like that as a character. You don't like him? But I don't think you meant to like him. No, he's meant to be the bad guy. Yeah. And it turns out he has been the one who's been selling arms to the Russians via Koskov. And they're in the midst of a deal at the moment. But that's what Pushkin's unhappy about because he's had the money all this time and nothing's been done with it. Where he's expecting him to have put the money in someone else's hands to get the weapons. Mm-hmm. And now Koskov seems to have defected. Mm. And he says, I don't know what you're planning, but it stops right now. Mm-hmm. So we now know that Whitaker and Koskov are linked. Yes, but I did have to ask you to pause it and explain what the hell was going on there. So I'm not sure it's particularly well explained at that point. Yeah, this is quite a plot-heavy film, yeah. even, for, even as far as Bond's concerned. Because there's yet another couple more twists that we've seen yet. Mm. Um, so then we go back to Vienna, mm-hmm. where, um, yeah, we get a bit of creepy bond at this point, so what do you think? So what scene are we in? In Vienna. At the opera? Yeah, at the opera and going on the big tour of all the sites of Vienna. Oh, and, and in the wheel when he's being a bit rapey. Yeah, a little bit. Well, he's not. He is. He's, be- he's just being persuasive. He's keeping up the cover. He's not getting anywhere by being house for her friend. Yeah. So now he's going to move it on a bit and see if that. Which, gets considering that she did all of this for hit for the for Yorgi. For Yorgi, um, why why would she, her head be turned if he, she's so in love with Yorgi? But her head has been turned, as yeah. she says, doesn't she? For the last two days, all I thought about is what it would be like if we were together. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, but the whole. Fair thing is creepy, so 
Why is the fair thing creepy? Because fairs are creepy. Oh, fairs are creepy, I see. Uh-huh. Um, like clouds and that. Speaking of 80s fashion, the dress that she covets and he buys for her. That's very 80s, wasn't very, it? Very. The shoulder pads. And the hanging off sparkly bits. Mm-hmm. And the fact it was just like a dressing gown. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Acceptable in mm. the 80s. So, we we um, we do have a scene with... What was it about to recall again? With Koskov, where he's talking to um, the arms dealer. With the cup. And um, there's a bit of plot explaining there, mm-hmm. where Whitaker is saying, um, Pushkin knows something's wrong, uh, let's kill him or something. Mm-hmm. No, let's pull out. And um, Koskov is saying... No, our plan will work. We will get 007 to kill yeah, Pushkin. The so then, kill and, Pushkin. And then we realised that was the point of getting him involved at the mm-hmm. beginning to explain to to get him to kill Pushkin to to help them run away with the money. So. Um, well, you think they're going to run away with the money? Well, I think that was the original intention. That's why they're not using it to buy any weapons because oh, uh-huh. they're just wanting to keep the money by the fact that he will be dead. How does that help them? Because he's the one that's expecting the arms. But if Koskov's defected, the Russians will still be after him for defecting. And if he's, no, and if he's the British think he's been defected, he's been taken back, or is that going to cover that? It's like the British think he's in Russia, the Russians think he's in Britain, so nobody's looking for him anymore. Possibly, or the Russians think it, the defection was all just a plan. Mm-hmm. And now he's back. The plan's worked. Well, so you think he has gone back to Russia? How can he go back to Russia if he keeps the money that Russia paid him, Whitaker, through him for the arms? Because only Pushkin knows about the fact he's involved in the arms. No, no, he's like number two to Pushkin. Yeah. He's the arms guy. But only Pushkin knows that. No, I think everybody knows that. Oh, well. Okay, so maybe he doesn't plan to go back to Russia. Okay, just lay low. Because Brad Whitaker seems to have some sort of army. He's got all these folk who can... Make it Let's look like not it's been just brought back. Why don't we just watch the film? I'm interested and not in what make you think what's happening. Story for the rest of the film. Okay. Alright, so we have that scene. Uh, and then we go back to oh, Vienna. No, we still oh. have the uh, the fair scene. Yeah. Where the um, Vienna spy gets killed. Saunders. That's quite brutal. With a very quick closing sliding door. I'm, I'm going to be scared of sliding doors for the rest of my life. But you have to be, the guy has to be standing outside listening to that same record again. No, it's just the idea that... Go very fast. The glass door could go very fast through you and cut you in two. two. Not not happening. Not nice. Um, Oh, and we haven't said the other thing that I commented on mm -hmm. in the opera. Mm -hmm. It's a very short interval. Oh, yes. Yes, the bell just, was rung very just quick. long enough for them to have their info dump of chat. <laughs> now, I did like the fact that Bond managed to persuade the, the Vienna spy to kind of bend the rules. And Saunders. Get, Saunders. To get, <laughs> does it matter that I don't know the, word, the names? <laughs> no, I suppose not. Yes, bend to get, the rules. To get the uh, passport for them and the information about the cello and all this kind of stuff. And he's also like, you, he became one of the gang with Bond and then was killed. Yeah, that's what happens when you become one of the gang with Bond. It's mm. a dangerous place to be, one of the gang with Bond. Yeah. 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 So he's killed. The guy's listening to the same record again. It reminded me, I've ever told you that story about getting a taxi um, about twenty, more than 20 years ago now, 
Um, and the taxi ride took about half an hour. And in that time, the guy played at a very, very high volume the cassette single of New Kids on the Block's Hanging Tough. So we heard Hanging Tough and another song about eight times each on this drive. And it was like, this is all. Almost... Where, where were you? I was in, I was at the beach in a little village some about half an hour away from the town where I lived. So that's why I was getting a taxi back. Oh, I see. But it was almost like... quite a long taxi ride. quite extravagant for you. It was for me. And this really explains why I don't like taxis, because I was stuck for half an hour listening to these same two records. It was like psychological torture. I was like, please, please Why didn't you just ask him to switch off? Because he don't like to do that. That's when... Oh, you'll just put up with torture rather than just ask someone to switch the radio off. You're so British. If I can stand the torture, it's all right. (laughs) I think today there's something about um, uh, somebody pulled over and offered someone a lift and the guy kind of got in and, and took in their, their driving along car stranger and um, is he hitchhiking? I don't know what I let's say he was hitchhiking and the hitchhiker guy said um, yeah you know, I was worried that because it's good that you're actually quite a reasonable guy after like 20 minutes of chat because you know I was I was worried that um, you might be like a serial killer and the guy goes, oh, no, no, no. And the hitchhiker goes, hitchhiker guy goes, yeah. I also, then I thought, actually, the odds of two serial killers being in the same car at the same time would be astronomical, wouldn't they? Dun, dun, dun! Was that, that wasn't there? worth it. Oh, right, fair enough. Anyway, what, what were I coming from? Oh, yeah, you listen to the same tune over and over again. Um, so then we are... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where we finished, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, because now... They're going to Tangier because mm. that's where they have or to go. Or Tanzania, depending on. Or Tanzania. Do you think what do what, what do you think about the girl, Cara? I like her. Is she in on it? Is she not in on it? Is she totally innocent? Is she about a double cross bond? I think she's innocent, but I think she's innocent. Okay. Does Bond think she's innocent at the moment? Yes. Is Bond not sure? I think Bond's not sure now. Well, I think Bond knows that she's the only way, she's the only avenue to more information of, of where Costco is. So. Costco? <laughs> Where's Costco? It's, in, it's usually on a big site just outside town. <laughs> Next to Ikea. Next to Ikea, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you like this? Yes? Are you looking forward to watching part two? Yes, I do like the the, the plot heaviness of it. Oh, okay. The plot density. Um, because I think you need a decent amount of plot, and uh, that keeps me going because I want to know what's happening, what the twists will be. Because I know there will be more twists and more interesting uh-huh. things to come. Is um, is James Bond going to win? Yes, he always does. Okay. Well, in that case, is there anything more to say about no. this first part of The Living Daylights? Oh, I mean, the living daylights. Is that is? Has anybody got any more to say about it? No. No. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, Quantum of Misses will continue after the news. Mm-hmm.